what's up everybody welcome to mongols brought to you by the beautiful game network i'm mike with me is kev josh and justin this week mongols is being filmed before a live studio audience which is not something i've been able to say before um my my we're live live but my youngest son was like hey i'm really into soccer and or podcasts and how about if i just watch you guys while you do this live and i said okay so ems <laughs> if i say something funny you need to like clap or you need to like boo if we say something against another team okay <laughs> Yeah, see, there we go. See, we, have, we have a studio audience now, so it's a thing. Um, what's going on, gentlemen? Josh, what's what's good? I was in Ohio for. Oh, you said what's good. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. You did that to yourself. This I time. know. I did it to myself. You guys wouldn't do it to me. Uh, but yeah, so I, I visited family in Ohio over the weekend. Uh, so that was fun. So I watched the game from my mom's place and just kind of uh, avoided family for you know, a little bit during the game. <laughs> nice. Kev, how was your Easter? Uh, it was good. I uh, went for a very long run on Friday um, and then just used Saturday and Sunday to rest and recover. And uh, yes, yeah, ate a bunch of cheese. <laughs> that no context needed for that. It was just, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a good weekend. I don't tend to think of, I don't tend to associate cheese with Easter, but I don't know. Maybe. I don't either. No, it was just like Riley and I were like, let's go to the cheese shop and get some cheese. <laughs> so that's the Fair highlight enough. of the weekend around here. That's, uh, that's the extent of it, in which I'm very happy and uh, thankful for. Fair enough. Justin, how's the fam? Yeah. Uh, we had a good weekend. Uh, had church services both Saturday and Sunday, so I made it home just in time to watch the game. Uh, weekend got to hang out with some fam had some good family time and uh yeah it was good nice i had probably the most crazy eventful week that i've ever had um long story short we had a uh, a black bear that got into our beehives this was starting on wednesday night uh just basically just like pushed a bunch of the beehives over and so we were like well that's great so we reset them and the next night came back, did it again, at which point my wife was like, okay, I'm going to call the game commission. And because once, once they do it more than once, then they're considered to be like a nuisance and they'll come out and set up a trap and like do a whole thing. The following morning, he did it again. Um, and so my wife was pretty upset at that point. And I was like, you know what? I'll go up. I'll, I'll reset the hives. No big deal. No worries. Um, and it was a comedy of errors as I, I, I don't have like a full suit. I just have like a jacket and the elastic around the jacket was not as tight as it should be. And so um, literally had bees that got under the jacket and were crawling all over my skin as I was trying to make my way back to the house. I got stung eight times. Um, my hand like swelled up like a softball. Finally, uh, they uh, we got the trap set up. Um the bear went in it. They, they bait the bear with donuts. So the bear went in and took all the donuts. We got footage of it just like making off with, you know, a donut heist. And then, uh, the bear Paul, from the Simpsons. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, the next night he came back and hit the hives again. Uh, essentially at that point, the bees were like, you know what? We're out. We're done. Like this has been like five nights in a row. We're out. It's over. And so then finally the last night, the bear finally just said, you know what? I'm going to lay down and Eat, eat, eat all the new donuts and uh, and just call it a night. And so we ended up catching it Saturday night. It was like literally after the game was over, our neighbor texted us. And he was like, hey, I just heard something that sounded like a gunshot. You know, I think that was the trap. And so sure enough, here it is, 10 o'clock at night. I wanted to make sure it wasn't a raccoon because if it was a raccoon. I was going to open up, let the raccoon out so the bear can go in. And uh, but then I'm also like, it's 10 o'clock at night and there might be a bear just like hanging out near this trap. So I took the flashlight and uh, and I'm sort of like just like looking around. And I finally got, you know, got off the courage to get close enough to look in like one of the holes and sure enough, there's just like tuft of black fur. And I was like, yep, that's that's a bear. So next morning, game commissioner came back out. We, we got some cool pictures of the bear in there. I, we, I ultimately felt bad about the whole thing. You know, I was out for blood Saturday night. I'm like, that's it. This is personal. It is. I want to punch this bear in the face. But then after you like see it, just like all, you know, distraught, just like laying there in this cage, it was just like, oh, it's just nature being nature. And so ultimately they moved them to uh, uh, some game lands about a hundred miles from here where he will be very happy. Um, 
but are you going to visit him? I will. Yes. Uh, we exchanged contact info. So yeah. <laughs> All's well that ends well. <laughs> I'm guessing you named him Winnie the Pooh. So <laughs> we did. Yes. Yeah. Winnie. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was the excitement. I never thought that I'd you know have a trapped bear in my backyard, but sure enough, there we were. Very pleased because you text us uh, like on on our Slack channel. You're just like, first you did a giant rant about this game, which uh, I'm sure our audience will get a preview of uh, here shortly. But then uh, after that whole rant about the game, you're just like, uh, there's a black bear. I just caught a black bear. I was like, wait, what context? You need, <laughs> what do you do with a trap? Yeah, so that was pretty funny. Yeah. And I don't think I told, I didn't tell you guys anything about like everything that led up to that. Like, nope. Since you were just Wednesday, like, hey, like <laughs> stung all bear. over the place and hopped up on Benadryl and like, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it was a good time. Um, yeah. So I guess we should, we should talk about the game, you know, the rant and all of it, but I won't rant right this second. The Hounds lost to Colorado Springs switchbacks, one nothing. Lots of different things going on here um justin i'll start with you give me you know what are your thoughts on this game just high level um yeah i mean i'm okay with it i i was maybe a little bit frustrated on saturday night um but also like we were on I mean, for half the game so i kind of at the end of the day i thought we played pretty well in the second half now, like it didn't feel like a lot of the second half we were totally down a player. So uh, I was, I was proud of the effort anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a our first one, but um, would like to see the team kind of turn it around at some point here. Yeah. Josh, what'd you think? It's funny. I uh, watched the newest episode, Ted Lasso. And in that episode, they, someone makes a comment that's never good when your team has more red cards than goals. Mm. And uh, that was this game for us. So <laughs> it was very uh, apropos. So yeah, it was just the red cards just worried me so much. Like going into the following game, I'm just like looking at who's all out and, and it was a rough game. Like we had like a lot of cards, uh, you know, that second half or at the end of the second half. So it's just like, I don't know. I'm not feeling too optimistic about uh, the coming game because of this game. But you're right, uh, Justin, we did play well. We, like, obviously could have played better. But uh, being a man down, I thought they did fantastic um, for most of that game. just kind of fell apart near the end there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, Kev, I know you said that I have to be negative for the rest of the season. I'll be positive here for just one moment. I thought you don't I, have to. I, I, I relieve I, you I, of that duty. It's okay. Thank, I appreciate it. Thank you. No, I, I was proud of the guys. I thought after Mertz went off, we handled our business well. I think there was a lot that we put on Dequa. It felt very much like let's defend and then let's just give Dequa a shot. And when uh, uh, Tula came on along with Dequa, they were making stuff happen. I mean, there, there weren't fantastic chances, but they were holding their own against three or four of the switchback defenders. And, and had you not known that we, you know, we were officially down to 10 men, you might've just thought that, you know, the switchbacks were playing slightly better than us and we were just taking our chances where we could. So I thought we showed ourselves well. Um, yeah. Kev, what, what, what do you think about this one? I guess I have a slightly different outlook. Um, it felt like, it's, I don't know, I, to state the obvious, at least for me, um, the vast majority of this game was just very boring and like not a lot happened. Um, I thought the quality on both us and Colorado wasn't really there. It felt like two teams that were happy with a nil-nil at halftime and was playing like it, especially in the first half. Um and then, yeah, I mean, it's it felt like, you know, it, we we did so well last week uh, pressing throughout the entire 90, and it felt like Colorado was just like, we're not even going to allow you to do that this game, and we're happy to just kind of keep the ball in the air rather than on the ground and try to play through us. Um, and I think we kind of did something similar where we were just like, we don't want any sustained pressure for long periods of time in our end. And so we just kind of hoof it and it was, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. Um, 
I think Mertz's red cards, a red card. Um, and I'm kind of, I've said it a couple of times. Look, I, I get the benefit of, I mean, I don't, I may do, but I don't, I get the benefit of going to ground, but I'm, I'm kind of sick of it. I, like I, I think our players have a tendency of going to ground too easily and too quickly. And I think that just leaves you open for criticism it, or it leaves you open for moments like this. Um, Would you prefer that he didn't put in the effort to go after the ball? No, I'd prefer him to read the game in real time and not be late. And so I think my argument always is, is if you're sliding and going to ground, you're late. And there you should, you should be the there. Kevin we know. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a point. Yeah. So, you know, I, so, and also when you go to ground, let's say you win it. What, like, it's so much harder to win and retain possession if you just go in for a slide tackle. You know what I mean? It's sure, maybe you break up play, and but then it's just another 50 50 at best. Um, whereas if you're staying on your feet, you're getting in there, you have a better chance of winning possession and turning around possession, and it's like starting a counterattack. So, and I, you know, so anyway, so like that's it was a frustrating game. Um, but you know, yeah, we didn't wilt entirely once we go, once we go down. Um, I think we still have some, you know, issues around fullback areas, Colorado, I think get a lot of joy and opportunities in our fullback areas. And we'll see, we'll see how, how it kind of plays out after this. I, I mean, to the Mertz red card uh, in the moment, I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt and say, I, I didn't think he saw the guy. Like I thought he had two guys on his back and he sort of had his head down and he went to ground and then the guy came out of nowhere on second, you know, watch, he definitely touched the ball too far away from himself and he was trying to recover. I still, the straight red, I understand the rule, but also he got the ball and his ball, his, his foot went up and over the ball into the guy. And I kind of feel like there's a, there's a stark difference between that and something that's intentional, which there were multiple times where you had switchbacks players or even hounds that will just go through somebody's back and just like level them. And that to me is more malicious than something like this. And so you hate to see it. Mertz, you know, immediately knew like by the letter of the law, just like, that's it. It's done. I'm out. Um, but that yeah. doesn't make it any less frustrating. I'm, I mean, I'm, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, to me, it's as simple as like, it's, it studs up high up the shin. And yeah. like, if that happens against us, I'm throwing a, you know, tantrum if the guy doesn't get a red. So I don't know. Yeah. But he's a small boy. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, go ahead, Justin. I will say, kind of your point, Kev. I like. I I agree with you. The game was vastly boring. I mean, most of it was boring. I a lot of that though, I would put on the ref, and not that the ref was bad. I I mean, I thought he was actually pretty consistent across the game, and actually made most of the calls. I wasn't displeased with. But I felt like he broke up play a lot that, you know, teams were on the advantage. You know, he could have left it go for advantage. He could have, you know, there was a lot of different options of what he could have done on a lot of different calls. And he blew the whistle and, you know, and even some there were some quick restarts that he brought back and different things. And it was just like, come on, man, like let the game like let the game play out a little bit, you know. Um, and so I don't. It's not that I have a problem. That's the way he decided to call the game, but it just causes a boring game of soccer when you can't get kind of in a rhythm of passing and everything else because every little bump is whistled. Yeah. I think I was more upset about the Ordonia's red card. I know it was a second yellow situation, but like in, in, in literally the dying moments of the game, there was nothing else going on. He sort of makes a 50-50 play in the ball, and Romario Williams does a little dance like he got hit, and so he gets a second. At that point, you're just impacting the next game. Like, you're about to blow the whistle to call it anyway. Like, what are you doing? So, I, yeah. I'm more upset that now we're going to be without both Mertz and Ordonez at home for this next game than, like, really anything else at this point. I thought the guys – I thought the guys did well um, – I think that, you know, the uh, the switchbacks, the the goal celebration, the pen, which we have to talk about, are all yes. just sort of a joke. Like they're they're so showy um, that and they have no right to be showy. It felt like, you know, a bunch of high school kids playing some like professionals. 
Um, and it's like, act like you've been there before the pen. Like the guy is still like doing like, I don't know. Is he like doing like a robot March or like what he's doing to get up to the ball. And then literally he, he, he tries to do the Panenka to one side and Jamali weight actually guessed wrong, but had enough time to course correct and get back to the other side and save it. And it's like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, it might have been the worst pen I've ever seen in my life. It, it, like, definitely, <laughs> definitely <laughs> probably the worst pen. And it was just so mind-boggling watching, like, when he started to go up to the ball and seeing him pause for what felt like forever and then realize, oh, I have to keep on moving. And then to kind of do that little jig as he was getting closer to the ball. And you could just tell at that moment, he was just like, I screwed up. I don't know what to do. I can't start over again. Uh, <laughs> crap, I got to kick the ball, I guess. And he just like barely kicks it and yeah it's just it, it's so perfect because then they cut over to the mascot just doing a face palm <laughs> just like uh that was if it wasn't for the result in this game that would be like i don't know this game would be a lot better in my mind as far as like the memories i have of this but that that pin was just so atrocious yeah yeah i want to just talk about jamali for a second um First of all, we did not mention that he ended up getting save of the week uh, for his diving save against Tulsa last week. So kudos to him for that. Um, typically, those things are like a popularity contest. So I'm always worried anytime a hound is is uh, nominated because it just feels like other teams are going to show up. But I was shocked that, you know, when I voted and it was relatively early on, he had the vast majority of the votes. So to be fair, I didn't even look at the other candidates. I was just like, oh, Jamali. Like, so Speaking of popularity I just assume that's what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Friend of the show. Um, but one thing that I that, that hadn't dawned on me, you know, we've talked about this for years, that the Hounds have had this, this issue with keepers that just can't keep the ball in play. And it seemed like every time he kicked it, I was like, oh, that's like where it should go. I'm like, all right, good. So yeah, I that's that's one less complaint we've had to have since Jamali's been around, which is cool it's just one of those unsung things that we don't really talk it, about. he made some great saves in this game yeah. um he yeah. kept us in it for yeah. the longest time granted there was a lot of chances by the switchbacks that just sucked so bad that they didn't even get close to to making it in <laughs> that that first opportunity they had where i think their own attacking player got in the way of the ball yes yeah it should have been cool like it was so like the wide open net jamali wasn't there and then suddenly he kicks it in and the other attacking player just like it basically kicks it out it's like, oops. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I think, yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I was going to say, Kev, I think you had said it a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I think Jamali Waite is one of the best keepers we've ever seen in a Hounds uniform and, and will continue to get better. Uh, and that's my fear behind him is that he's going to continue to get better. Um, and so it's going to take a lot to keep him for any length of time past this season. And, um, but he's very, very good. And, and I think he, he is uh, just thinking of our keepers of the last couple of years. Some of them have been very good, but there's also moments where you're like, ah. um, and there's, <laughs> there's very few times with weight where I'm like, ah. you know, it feels like he's under control. He knows where the box, you know, he knows where his defenders are. He knows where he is in the box. Um, and he just feels under control, even when he's making, you know, some crazy plays. Um, I, I'd like him a lot. <laughs> I think he, he, he walks that line of like, there are some players who play with almost like too cool of a head. Like it's, it's, it plays to their advantage most of the time, but they're, they're such a relaxed presence where sometimes that could even be to their detriment where they lack a little bit of intensity or aggression. And, you know, obviously you have the other side of that, but I, I think he kind of falls, he, he walks that line perfectly where I think it, for me, he, he exudes a quiet confidence and a little bit of a swagger of, you know, knowing who he is, knowing what he's capable of, um, but never getting like overconfident to the point of potentially like lazy or anything. Yeah, no, I think he's, he's a, he's a great keeper for us. He's a couple years older than Zach Steffen was when Zach Steffen was playing for the hounds. So I'm like, cause obviously like if we're saying best keeper that the hounds ever had, probably Zach Steffen when he was on loan, but I'm trying to figure out like how he looked back then. And like, if that trajectory, we could be seeing Jamali wait, you know, be able to make the jump to higher up leagues. Um, he's a little bit older, but I don't know. How, we'll see. 
tall is Jamali Waite? Uh, he is 6'1". Well, and, and he's not... I mean, when you say he's older, he's older, but he's like 22, 23. He's, oh, yeah, sorry. Like, he's uh, 23 uh, years old, I believe. Or 24 years old, so... Yeah, so this this is his like second pro season out of college. Yeah. So like he he's got plenty of time mm-hmm. to develop. I mean, you see keepers that play into their late thirties. Sure. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see. Um, you know, I I'd love to hold on to him if his option is just USL. If but it, as we've said before, if MLS comes knocking or something else comes knocking, especially with him getting the exposure, playing, you know, being the starting keeper for Jamaica, like. At some point, you figure someone's going to come calling, yeah. and so you know, you at that point, you sort of wish him best. Am I the only one who thinks six one's a little generous? I think that's a little lie. But yeah. <laughs> you say you say you think he lied on his driver's license. You don't you don't think I think he, I think he might have. I think he might have. Yeah. All right. Well. Look, I mean, look who he's always standing around, though, like Ordonez, and uh, you know, they're they're all giants back there. Okay. So he's going to look the question. <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, I thought Tony Lopez playing as a number 10 was interesting. I thought that he was going to sort of play as a double striker. And it felt like that way when we started. And then we seemed to quickly fall into a situation where he was playing sort of the center of the three attacking midfielders. And I thought he did okay. Um, you know, we, we've seen him in spurts here and there. And I guess he started the one Tuesday night game a few weeks ago. Um but he's another one that could be interesting over time as he gets a few more minutes and and sort of develops in this system. I mean, the way I interpret so. that is he's kind of keeping Kizza on the bench. I mean, not that like it was Kizza's position and now it's Lopez's position, but I mean, that's the way the pendulum has swung in the very early part of the season. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if that'll swing back again. I don't know if it's more of a meritocracy thing where Lopez has just had a good couple of weeks of training and that's why he's in there. But um, you know, I thought, it, I don't know, to me, it was mentally, I'm thinking, okay, Kiz is not there and Lopez is there and they're kind of like for like for that position or something. But I don't think it's the case. Yeah. I don't know if they're necessarily like for yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. I think we have some interesting attacking options as opposed to, it felt like in previous years, you just sort of had like replacements. It was like, you have multiple guys that sort of do the same thing. It feels like Tula does something different from Kizza, does something different from Lopez, does something different from Blackstock. Like they all bring something slightly different, which is kind of what you want. You want to be able to change the the dynamic of the game, not just put in somebody that's going to do the exact same thing. So, yeah. My like, I, I think my thing about the Hounds right now, and I, I was having this conversation with myself <laughs> as I was watching the game. I do that uh, all the on time. Saturday. <laughs> um, yeah, well... Um, Laura Allen went to bed real early on Saturday night, and so she, she, <laughs> she got real early in the morning. So went to bed real early, so she wasn't watching with me. So I was watching by myself, and I think like my my is I did think Lopez had a good game, had some moments that um really felt good. Um, my my thing is just feel the team has a has a difference maker. And like it doesn't feel like this team has a lot of good players. Deke was a good player. Was a good player. Uh, Pola has been a good player so far. Robbie's a good player. Kenny's a good player. But it just doesn't feel like this game. This game was one of those games that like if there was somebody who just put their foot down on the game and say, "Okay, I'm gonna go score a goal right now. I'm gonna go make a run, or I'm gonna go dribble at their back line, or I'm gonna go make a defensive stop." in the air, you know, this, these sorts of things that bring momentum in a game, it just doesn't feel like the hounds have that player this year. And I, and maybe it is like Lopez needs a couple more games and Tola needs a couple more games and Dequa just hasn't found the right rhythm yet. And you know, whatever, there could be a lot of reasons for that, but it feels like who's like, okay, this game is hanging in the balance right now. It's the end of the first half. If I make a play now, one nothing and it just doesn't feel like the hounds have that guy this year and that's what's maybe fr- a little bit frustrating right now is it feels like we're a good team we just don't have that one player who can kind of get us over the hump to be a to be a great team or to go into half one nothing um 
when the game feels like we could have got there. That has that has brought up so many interesting questions that I now want to talk about. Uh, I'll try to be quick. What, I mean, do you think we've had a player like that in in the past couple of seasons? Because I, I don't think I we think, have. So That's the reason why I ask. I would think that guys have shown. I mean, if you think the Lily era, fine. We'll take it whatever you will. Um, I mean, I think that guys have shown that, and like guys have been that. Maybe not consistently across the whole season, but I think there was times where Brett you know, Nico Brett would score goals that I agree. Know, it was like, Oh, that made a difference in the game. Um, there was times where I think even Steven Dos Santos, like would cut, get into the midfield, just bossing things around and people would shove him over. And then all of a sudden the other teams down a player, you know, it's those kinds of things that I think, you know, I just, I just, he has done it at times, you know, but he was five years younger, five years ago. So it's, it's hard to like, I don't know. I would say two seasons we haven't had that. Um, and that's where I'm getting frustrated. <laughs> there's, there's been, mo- there were moments when like Dixon would show up and do something magical and, or even Cicerone, you would see would do stuff, but it was always in spurts. See, I think our closest player like that right now is Mertz. And I, and I, what Mertz kind of had that, was it against Birmingham where he scored and no. Was no, I can't remember his his only goal so far this season where he took it down. I think Ordonez yeah. had a cross field pass and he took it down and slotted it. I think it was Birmingham. I think yeah. Mertz has moments where he'll recognize lulls in the game and try to turn up turn it up. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, but even at that, I'm stretching. So my, in my last point that I'll bring up on this, I don't. I, this is a little too cynical, I think, for me. <laughs> but but. Ooh, uh, brace yourself. You, I mean, uh, part of me thinks that <clears throat> the way Lily manages and the way Lily speaks through a game, it's almost uh, he's not incentivizing players to be that person in the middle of the game. I think he's constantly saying, no, do this, do that, push up, pull back. He's constantly thinking for them rather than incentivizing them to make the decisions they feel like they need to make in the game. I I always hesitate saying that. I've said it before in the past because it's so hard. Like I don't have much of a basis to put that on. Like it's breadcrumbs that I'm getting and, it, and I'm pulling up this whole random theory based off of how Lily talks to the players in the middle of the game and based off of like how I see the players play. But you know, it's I don't know. So it I, I, I Two sides of that sword is one, sure, you get when it works, the collective can be stronger than the individual and a team performance can, you know, outweigh individual performances and moments where the team is not clicking and then moments where we're not acting as a collective, then it looks bad. And we don't really have anyone that can kind of grab the game by the scruff of the neck and, and kind of drag their teammates through it. Yeah. And and that's what I mean. Even think that's what ahead, worries with these red cards is for this next game is the two biggest difference makers on our team are and there have been some plays this season that I'm like, wow, I can't believe he made that, or I can't believe he got back to the ball, I can't believe he got you know and got you know won the foot race. Uh, Mertz is the same way. I mean, I think like there are times where he will make a um, maybe stupid play but it, it if it works it looks real good and and then you go oh he, he's actually really good at this game um but i someone just needs to do that more often and someone needs to like okay cool i'm gonna you know i i, I don't know like it feels like the f- first half last year uh nate dos santos was in the attack all the time and it's like this year i can't uh, where is he what's he doing what's he doing when we're in the attack uh, and so trying to figure out like, okay, you gotta, you gotta get up the field. You gotta make a play at some point. If you mess up, you're probably going to hear about it at practice. But if you, if it happens, Lily's probably going to go, eh, okay, like we won the game. <laughs> so that's take, take a risk, you know? Um, but who knows? Yeah, they almost have to do it in spite of Lily. Like, it's just like, I'm just going to do it to do it and we'll see what happens. It, it does. You know, we've talked a little bit about, the the are questions about the offense 
and like Lily's ability to put together an effective offensive plan. And I think that's where even in this game, what was interesting was when we were down to sort of watch Tula and Dequa try to make magic happen. There was no offensive strategy. It was like, get the, try to give them the ball in a good position and see what they can just do. And I think if that's the case, I got, I got to cut him a little slack for being 10 men uh, down to 10 men, but I, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And that's what I'm saying. I know it's 10 men. It felt like it was, you know, nine men behind the ball and our strategy was get it to Dequa and let him do something. But there wasn't a, like, this is how we're going to get him the ball to try to actually equalize. It was just a hope and prayer kind of thing. And Dequa has the ability to kind of do stuff from time to time. Um, but with that that lack of sort of offensive approach, it does make me wonder if those difference makers aren't – if they're going to happen, you're going to see them more in the defense or the mid – I think it's Ordonez. Or, you know, I could see somebody like an Ibarra be the kind of big body to, like, lay a hit on somebody or do something just to, like, wake the team up in the way that Danny Earls used to do. Um, it could be that kind of impact on the team to sort of drag everybody into it. I mean, but... we're all acting like laser doesn't exist. Uh, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he wasn't on the I bench today. He, I mean, he wasn't even I there. I noticed, so... and uh, look what happened. Our first loss of the season, yeah. just saying. <laughs> yeah, that's very, very true. So start laser next week. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, look, who scored last time we were at home? Laser. Mm-hmm. Clearly so, causation yeah. and not correlation. Let's just obviously, <laughs> obviously. obviously the most scientific of analysis yeah. from yeah. this side of the mic. Yeah. Uh, guys, anything else about this game that you want to talk about? Um, when they did score, I think we briefly mentioned it, but when they did score, uh, the guy who took the PK, I can't remember his name now. I had written it down and now I lost uh, it. It was uh, Malik Foster. Foster. Malik Foster. Foster. That's who it was. Yeah, so when he he kind of like forced the guy to celebrate with the dance, it's like, come on, come on. It's like, eh, are you just doing this because you're like, hey, I screwed up big time and I'm so glad you <laughs> scored. <laughs> Thank goodness for saving mm-hmm. me. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I'll I be, I'll, there was nothing that I saw from the switchbacks that I thought was like, great. well, that's just to I say, I, I'd be interested to see where they end up at the end of the season. Um Cause yeah, I felt that to me they felt pretty average, and you know, it, I don't know. We'll see. I, I I I don't know. It's not really the podcast to do it, um, and I'm not in the business of giving credit to teams that beat us. But their goal was pretty nice. Like I got it was a well worked goal, and it's one of those goals where, if I'm being honest, I don't see us scoring many of those kinds of goals. Um, and you know, I was like, yeah, all right, fair play. But I think our runners are smart enough. Our runners don't often stop at the penalty spot the way that whoever it was. Uh, like, I, I feel like our, our our runners keep running towards the net, and like, I feel like a lot of times those balls get pulled back, and they're behind our three runners who are running, you know, are crashing the net. Somebody's got to take that run to the penalty spot, and and put it in that way i will say about the switchbacks they did lose their coach like, i, I want to say three weeks before the season uh because uh their coach was brendan burke who used to coach philadelphia union too and and all that stuff at houston as their assistant coach houston dynamo as their assistant coach uh pretty quick like pretty late in the season uh yeah uh, they lost their uh manager which is is always rough to go into a season that way yeah do we do we think uh the big thing about this game what we're kind of missing was junior uh at two yeah i, I figured you're gonna bring up. it up kevin but you never did so i it I popped was... into my mind twice and then just fizzled away until you brought it up again. <laughs> yeah mike i saw some of your chatter in chat what do you think uh do you think uh, we were missing at two in the midfield sure <laughs> i, I, I no, listen, I've said that I I've said that I think that we're light in the midfield regardless. So whether it's Etu, whether it's somebody else that can play that spot, we we need somebody there. I think Etu was doing it. There were flashes where, you know, we said earlier this season he looked like the best player on the field. So sure, yeah, you want him in that game. But I don't know. What else? What do you else, you see Danny Griffin scored this weekend and uh, and got the win for his team? So, you know. 
<laughs> you're just you're just plugging your guy. That's all. So yeah, plugging a guy I'm, that's actually I'm playing for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, where's you, your I'm, where's your I'm, allegiance, I'm, Mike? Huh? No, good. Yeah, Justin, keep talking, please. I heard the beginning <laughs> of that. <laughs> I'm I'm with you. I I I don't know that he makes a huge difference in this game, but when I talk about difference makers, I think he is a guy who has made some plays uh in this like in the early part of the season that can up good acts by other teams and all that kind of stuff. So I think you know if he doesn't this game, maybe we. We don't, you know, maybe we aren't uh, talking about being a man down because he's in the position where Mertz wasn't. Um, but who knows? But I, I have liked him the more that I've watched him. The first week that you mentioned him on the podcast, we're like, ah, oh, he's the best player on the team. I was like, nah, I think so. Um, I've started watching him. I'm like, yeah, no, he's he's really good. I think he just he sees the game. Kind of like how I was saying before, like if you're late to a challenge, like if you're late to a challenge, you know, or like you're, you're slide tackling because you're late to a challenge or something like that. And look, I, 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 all of this makes it seem like it's in the context of Mertz red card. And I, I get how and why like Mertz ends up getting his red card. It's just a bad touch and the ball gets away from him. I'm not it's like, it's not him trying to defend and thinking he can go in and win the ball and, and, and sliding in. I, so I don't, I don't want to put all this context on Mertz. But yeah, Etu to me is one of those players that just sees the game quicker than other other people do, and and so because of that, you know, he just he's he's better positioned, he makes better transition passes, and he makes you know I I don't think I don't think he would have changed the outcome in this game, um, but yeah, we'll we'll see how the midfield goes in in the next couple of games, and it, I'm guessing there's still no word on his injury or anything. Yeah, okay, no. No, we haven't heard anything. So after this one, guys, the Hounds now have one win, one loss, and three draws for the season. We are averaging one goal scored per game and 0.8 goals against per game, which you're like, oh, that's not bad. But then when you realize that Dequa had a hat trick in one game, then you're just like, oh, okay, we haven't really scored a ton, have we? Um, That's where we're at, five games in. We still said we, we're not going to look at the standings until 10 games in. Watching the game makes it difficult because the USL wants to throw that in your face every chance they can. So at one point we were third or fourth in the East. Whatever that means, it means nothing right now. But um, guys, one thing that I'm realizing, uh, sort of looking at our Pick'em uh, numbers, which I will put the, uh, the latest up on the screen here. We did have some movement. Dan Yost has now climbed to the top of the leaderboard with five points, followed by Kevin Ooh, with five hey. points. And then Keaton Liebengood has four, along with Laura Ellen, JF, and Justin both have three. Um, so before you get you know too high on your horse there, Kev, I went through and looked at we've played five games. Um 70 basically 73% of all of the picks across all five games have been for the wrong result so far. So when you look at everybody that's been voting and you look at all of the score predictions, 73% of them have been the wrong result, not score. Like we, we've either picked win, loss or draw incorrectly as a collective 73% of the time. So this is really hard. Um, <laughs> I think, I think when you get to, you know, something like, Premier League levels and and you have a better chance to, to know some of these players and some of the tendencies is a little bit easier, but um, it, yeah, man, at the USL, it's like all bets are off. I, doing any of these predictions, especially early season, it's really tough. And especially against teams that we've like not really ever seen before. We've never played Colorado before. So we've seen, I think, Romario Williams before, but other than that, I'm happy with um, my five points in five games. I'll take it. We're, Mike, yeah. where are you and Josh? I didn't see you on the uh, list. Sorry, we're we're right there with two okay. points, just yeah, off the board. So pretty close to you. There's only <laughs> there's only so much room. Yeah. So don't worry. I will. I will. All say, we gotta do is get the score prediction right, and we're there with you. I will say to prove your point, Mike. I've only guessed one game, and I, <laughs> I've only made a prediction one time. So it is what it is. Yeah. You made me look really bad yeah, there, Justin. Thanks. <laughs> Yes, Justin. Thanks. Appreciate yep. it. I'm just proving Love your point. Just you proving here. your point. Just proving your point. That we're, <laughs> we're really bad at this. Yeah. Um, 
We also got some news, guys, this week about the Open Cup. The Hounds are going to face the Maryland Bobcats for the second straight year. Last year, we beat them 2-0 in the second round off of two goals from Toby Sims, um, who unfortunately is no longer with us. This year, we're going to face them in the third round. Obviously, we missed the second round because Rochester decided to... Um, so we are going to play on Tuesday, April 25th at 7 p.m. at Highmark. So um, apparently, Lily has never lost to a lower seeded team in the Open Cup. So sort of fingers crossed that we keep that streak alive this season. If we win, then we will face the winner of DC United versus either the Richmond Kickers of USL League One or Cleveland, Cleveland SC of NISA. So Richmond Kickers and Cleveland SC will play each other. And then whoever wins that one will go play um, DC United. So if we're able to beat Maryland, there's a chance we could be hosting DC at Highmark, which would be amazing. With our luck, we will be headed to DC because um, that's just how things tend to happen for the I'm Hounds. In those, um, in those decisions, it's always just like a coin flip, right? It's just 50-50 whoever gets home. Oh, you miss the the draw. Uh, I don't know if you're watching Opal Cup draw, but it's always just a trip. Uh, so this, this time they had envelopes and our group was very convoluted because two of the teams in our group had opted not to host. And the way they do it is they just shuffle the cards, basically the envelopes and he picks one. And the first one he picks, the first one he picks is a host. The second one he picks is a host. And then the, uh, the rest are not. Oh, yeah. I think there was three people or three games in our group. I, anyway, more of the story is it was basically there was all this like, OK, so I draw this envelope and it's one of those teams. We have to put them as a way, not as home. And then, yeah, it was just sounds like a college level stats course. Like, it's just. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. It, it was a trip. But yeah. Uh, if you ever get a chance, watch one of those. They're fun. But I'm, I'm okay. So I'm guessing DC and the Hounds will opt to host. So that yes, we will both 50, be in 50. the contest. Yeah, cool. contest to host. So cool. yeah. I so think, then it'll just come down to whatever envelope. Go, ahead, Justin. I'm just fortunate we didn't get in that central group that exists. Uh, there was like Cincinnati, Columbus, Louisville City, Indy Eleven, Nashville. It was like literally like before friendship top teams uh with a couple mls teams and i was just really glad that we didn't get in that group for uh because they all have tough games coming up you know instead of yeah. uh playing the maryland bobcats so i don't know and for me like Agreed. the whole point of like cup games is so like for variety like i would hate to play louisville or just in oh i mean i would hate to play louisville period but like <laughs> or like indie or like yeah it, that'd be terrible yeah agreed so we'll see what happens tuesday april 25th 7 p.m at highmark so that is obviously not this week that is not next week but the following week so two weeks from now um so we'll have a home game and an away game before that happens um what if the richmond kickers beat dc united how cool would that be that would be sweet that would be very (laughs) cool are the kickers the kickers are still part of the old guard shield yeah. Well, I mean, they're League One, so like they're not in our league to be part of it, right? But like now, aren't there more? Well, no, because Harrisburg went default. Yeah. So there's what now two championship teams and two League One. Teams? Yeah, and so it's always the top league that gets the trophy, like that retains it as far as that goes. These rules made before has this that, all happens. It's on the website. Gonna... <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm not making this up. These these were already decided when they made the cup. So. Okay. The shield, not the cup. Good, good, good. good. So, guys, the Hounds are back home this weekend, Saturday, 7 p.m. So, this we're we're home, and then, you know, other than the Open Cup, we're then away for a few more weeks. So, only second home game of the season thus far. Um, I do want to talk about this. You know, promotionally, it's Yinzer Night uh, featuring Holly Hatcher Frazier from Dance Moms. Listen, I, I want to give the team credit for doing like Pitts, air quotes Pittsburgh celebrities, but the celebrities for this season, first of all, are Holly Hatcher Fraser from Dance Mom. So hopefully you know who that is. Um, Mike Lavier, who was a pirate in the late 80s, early 90s, which like I had to look up how to pronounce his name. So like clearly I don't remember. 
Uh, Phil Bork, who, if you're a Penguins fan, is like, you know, he played for the Pens and then he's an announcer for the Pens, which like, Phil Bork's cool, man. Don't you dare. Listen, listen, it's fine. Like Mark Madden's at like every game. I would put Phil Bork on the same level as like Mark Madden to a certain extent in terms of like Penn's fans' minds. And then you have Ike Taylor, which I'm like, Ike Taylor, you know, former Steeler, like won a Super Bowl with them, like cool. But these are all people that, you know, you could go to a Steeler game and see Ike Taylor or go to a Penguin game and see Phil Bork. So why are we rolling them out at, at halftime and, you know, making a big deal about it? They should just be at the games anyway. So I, I Josh, how do you feel about this? So this was one of those things where I'm not natively from Pittsburgh. I didn't grow up here. So like I knew none of these names and I don't think that's because they're not known people. I just think it's because I, don't know people like I don't know local celebrities as much unless they're like a lot bigger of a name. So <laughs> I, I I feel unqualified to complain and or praise these selections. I was just like, OK, yeah, these are people that Pittsburghers probably know. Um, but yeah, I, personally, I would have liked some non sports ones as like more so than just like other sports teams, because I feel like that's always like a weird one for me where it's like, and eh, do we really like Oh, look, we got a penguin. We got a stealer. Like, it's, I'm not as into that idea. I would rather be like, like, I know uh, Mikey and Bob, like the the guys that yeah. do radio, like they, uh, Mikey has been a Steel Army member for a long time and he he's come to games and is, I see him up in the box sometimes with Tuffy. So, like, I feel like that would have been more fun for me or at least someone who's not like a sports star. So, personally, that would be my choice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to do dance mobs, like, go all the way and, well, I don't know, whatever, whatever ended up happening to her, but that Abby Lee, who was, like, the teacher of dance, she used to live across the street from us, Kev. Like, this isn't like she's not reachable. She wanted me to walk her dog, it's... and I was like, no, I'm good. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> she used to, she used to, uh, uh, she used to make her mom sit in the back seat of the car so her dog could sit in the front seat. I just remember that. Yeah, let's turn this podcast into a bashing podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing about this person. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> look, I, I feel like if you're like, first of all, you don't have to do a Yinzer night. But like, if you're going to do it, like, you know, I'd love to see them swing for the fences and you have the, you know, Michael Keaton's or the Jeff Goldblum's or, you know, there's got to be a tier beneath Michael Keaton. Do it yeah, right. I don't, I don't <laughs> think that's happening, bud. I don't. Tom, Tom Hanks was just in town, like just hanging out, doing I like stuff. How you like, went like, from he's not really Michael a Keaton to Tom Hanks. Wrong direction. Here's the thing: you say you know, swing for the fences. They probably did, and they didn't get callbacks. Okay, so like <laughs> they got Holly Hatcher Frazier from Dance. Hey, I think Phil Bork's great. So. Get in there, Phil. I love it. <laughs> Listen, I got no problem with Borky. I just don't know if it's like, does he? Ha are, are we having a night dedicated to him? Like, just have him there. Like, you know, no big deal. But brought a smile to my face, so I say it's a win. I was listening to uh, one of the Aston Villa podcasts, and they keep talking about, I forget what they they call the game. But like it's become this ritual now at halftime. They bring like a few fans out on the field and they just have like those stupid competitions where it's like they put a target on the field and you have to pass the ball into the target. And if you do, you win. And it's like I almost wish to see something stupid like that. that. It becomes Every like game. campy. <laughs> yes, do they? We do the the PA lottery kick. I can't remember what they called. do like a trivia thing, but like I'd rather see a test of no, skill. That's what I'm talking about. Like, Literally actually, they, yeah. they kick the ball into the net and there's like like they have a thing over top of the net where it has like holes and if you make it into the hole you get I forget how much money it is. It's it's a PA lottery thing. Um but they just don't broadcast that. That's at every game. They don't they don't like show it on the actual broadcast though. Well I mean I don't think they're gonna broadcast you know Phil Bork or Ike Taylor, but yeah, yeah, and uh, they're also going to do cornhole this year, I believe. Uh, they're having a at halftime. So uh, the first couple are going to be at the tailgate zone. There's going to be teams, and then like I feel like they said throughout the season, it's going to be like a bracket, and then whoever wins the bracket or the final two teams are going to play against each other at halftime uh, in front of the whole crowd. 
These are the things you were just talking about you wanting to see. Now you're rolling your I, eyes. I wanna see, no, no, no. I want to see something like soccer related. I I have a very low. Uh, I, can't please some people. I'm I telling you. Very lowly. Of Seriously. The first Seriously. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Whatever. Yes, let's turn on That's Michael. Fine. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> Where were we? RGV Toros. Hey guys, they're the ones coming to town. Um, they've only played four games so far. Their last game was on April 1st. So you figure they're basically going to have two weeks between when they played Detroit and they're going to be coming to Pittsburgh. Um, that said, they do have a game scheduled against South Georgia Tormentor Tormenta of League One on thursday which i thought was interesting um and it's in georgia so i'm wondering if they aren't going to like fly to georgia do a scrimmage and then come up to pittsburgh for the game on saturday maybe wait is this the open cup game no it is not an open cup game um yeah they have they did not play an open cup game so they literally have done nothing since april 1st The audience is spinning the wheel at the moment. Um, so they have uh, three draws and one win. They're, they're, all of their draws came at home. Their win was against Detroit, one nothing. Um, otherwise, I mean, you could try to look at stats to compare these teams, but especially this early in the season, all the stats look pretty much the same. You know, they're, they're averaging a goal a game. They're averaging something close to ours of, you know, 0.8 goals against. It's a team that we don't see a lot of because they're out west. So it's really hard to gauge. And we're only going to play them once. That's the other thing that makes this difficult is, you know, if, if we're playing an indie or, you know, we're playing a, a battery or, or a Louisville, then it makes it a little bit easier to get a sense of how this is going to play out, especially since we're going to see them multiple times. But it makes it a little bit more difficult to, to really grasp what to expect when we're only going to see them once and it's early in the season. So um, thing to keep in mind with the predictions is that we will be without Ordonez or Mertz. So what does that mean for how we line up? You know, is it a straight swap where you see a Joe Farrell drop in it at center back? Or, you know, we did, I didn't add it to here. We signed another player at center back um, this past week. Um, So, you know, we could see some other guys get some minutes. Joe Farrell could play where Mertz plays. Joe Farrell could play where Mertz plays. You never know. Um, Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen? Let's do some predict. Yeah, I'm I'm optimistic about this. I don't know. I, I I think back at home, I think players step up in the absence of Mertz and and Ordonez, Laser being one of them. I I do think that not having Mertz and Ordonez, which I would I would argue are two like the first names on the team sheet, not having them available sort of allows Lily the freedom to try something different, maybe. Whereas if you're just like, I I have to start Ordonez and Mertz, then you're sort of, you know, uh, you're you're going with a system that is going to cater to those guys. But if they're not there, you know, do you see something where you maybe try playing a, a black stock sort of, you know, a little bit further out wide in midfield and just making him run and see what he does? Or I don't know. There, there's a lot of different things we could try here. So I think in the moments like these, uh, the atmosphere in the dressing room becomes apparent. I think in scenarios where everyone's feeling down, everyone is like critical of each other. You're looking at your teammates and thinking, you know, he's not going to dig me out of a hole. I don't want to pass the ball to him. In those scenarios, when your best players are out because of red cards or injuries, I think then things continue to fall apart and it gets bad and weird um in scenarios where there's a lot of cohesiveness and you know optimism in the dressing room i think actually having big players go down you can get a pretty positive reaction out of it i always think um you know in pittsburgh now i'm I'm not a hockey fan anymore uh but growing up in pittsburgh you know the malkin crosby era i remember getting educations on that where i always felt like when Crosby was out, Malkin just played so much better, at least in the stretch that I remember. Maybe that wasn't the case over his whole career. But it was this kind of thing where, oh, the main the main person's out. You know, I, I back myself. I think I'm pretty good. I think I can t- step in and do well. And and that's what kind of happened with Malkin. I feel like that's what, what can happen for a lot of these players. Um, so 
yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like things are sour yet. I'd be surprised if they were. Um, so I don't know. I don't think it's going to be on paper. Yeah, no Atu, no Mertz, no Ordonez. Those are probably my top three picks for you know our squad. It, it, that looks bad. But I think, uh, I don't know. I think we'll be okay. I think we'll get the win. So let's go. Give us a score prediction. You're, you're up first here since you, you gave your little diatribe. Two, two nil. Two nil hounds? Yeah. Dustin, what do you think? Where, where are we scoring goals from right now? <laughs> um, no, I mean, so I'm, I'm, I'm stretching on the like categories where the numbers are small. So like, I think we get like a set piece goal, like cor- like a header off a set because like we're due for like four of those a season. So I think one of them will be this game. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe we get a pen. I but like it, you're right. I don't like. <laughs> Well, Mertz is not in, so we're definitely not scoring off a set piece. Um, uh, these games are hard. I don't like being a being a MLS fan, and I think the USL is the same way. I was trying to look that up real quick, but it's hard to care about these conference games because they don't matter as much in the playoff seedings and everything else. Like it just once you start tiebreakers and everything else, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's hard to get up for this game. Um, I think uh, I think I go one one draw. I I I I just don't with our difference makers being out. I don't see this game being exciting at all. I also don't our team, so I think we'll I think we can pull out a one one draw. Josh, that was actually going to be my guess as well as a one one draw. So far, the Tortoise have scored one goal every single game. Uh, so I think they keep that habit alive and i do think our team is still good enough even with these players being out to uh you know get one somehow some way and so yeah one one i'll um see i'm torn here because like if kevin gets another result right he starts to pull ahead and so it's like do i just pick the same result But a different score line just to like keep I'm in your head on them. <laughs> I I was coming into this thinking it was gonna be either a nil-nil draw or a one-one draw. Um for whatever reason, because he wasn't on the bench, I slightly forgot about laser. And so, you know, if Mertz is out, is laser the immediate plug-in for him, maybe? Do we see something a little bit flashier because of that? I'll say two-one win. I'm I'm gonna do it. I don't again. I don't know where the goals are gonna come from, but um, that way, if Kevin's wrong, then I'm wrong, and that's just how we're gonna play this game for a little bit. <laughs> and that's ga- all that matters. The game within the game. That's right. Yeah. Childhood makes so sense. I'm, <laughs> I talked about you know difference makers, and you gotta you gotta just take the risk. You should have picked the two one RGB, and then if they won the game, they caught up. I don't know. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Yeah, back your back your guy showing me who, who you think is going to score like ten goals this season. I don't know. I don't know where that's coming from, Mike. <laughs> okay, I'm saving that clip. Just wait. Just go ahead. <laughs> We're good. When Etsu doesn't play the rest of the season, and you're still whining about how he's our best player, we'll we'll have that conversation later. Don't worry. This is getting this is this is getting personal. Okay, uh, <laughs> that is what we think. Let us know what you think. Uh, as we say every week, guys, we'll, we'll we will uh, put the post up for this upcoming game where you can leave a comment with your score prediction. Uh, we have tons of people that are out there putting out score predictions. It's a lot of fun, um, and you get a chance to win two free tickets for or two free season tickets for the Hounds in 2024. So if you beat us, well. We're not allowed to win, um, but if you have the best score at the end of the season, uh, two free tickets to the Hounds. So participate. It's a lot of fun. You start getting to some of this head game stuff. And as Justin said, you pick one score right, and you're all, you're almost at the top of the board at this point, considering that 73% of our picks are the wrong result. So you might be really good at this and can run the table with everybody. Um, otherwise, yeah, games at home. Make sure you get down there. Josh, I'm assuming tailgate is on. Yep, tailgate normal time, not twelve p.m. So four p.m. normal uh, tailgate time. Weather looks like it's going to be fantastic. Uh, last tailgate was fantastic as far as like the setup we had going. So I'm really looking forward to, uh, yeah, an actual weekend game, more people. Yeah, Josh, how do, how does one become one of the halftime participants of hitting the ball into the goal? <laughs> 
I don't actually know how that works. I've never paid attention. <laughs> I, I, so I, my yeah. new goal is I want to make some kind of bet, or if you lose, you have to do that in halftime and go. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to try to say something like you were going to try to get as a as a as a as somebody that competes in that and i'm like Kev, for that you'd have to come to a game so like that oh no i know that's why it's like hard for me to do it but oh wait now hold on hold on just add some happen. add some intrigue to 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 the discussion liz just said i can make it happen so josh is this true does liz have the that power I mean, she can probably just talk to someone at the house <laughs> <laughs> she has everyone's phone numbers for crying out loud <laughs> Liz, I'll give you all my points and pick them. Um, no. If you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So get out there. Send us your picks. Um, let us know what you think about this game. Otherwise, I think that's it for this one. So guys, have a good week. And uh, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later. I need like the applause sign. My studio. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> studio audience. All right. Thanks, everybody.